0: Scott, I was wanting to talk to you about something.
1: Well, sure, Emily. What's on your mind?
0: Well, I want to thank you that we get to have this wonderful, open relationship. Huh? Well, you know, we get to talk from the heart and share each other's thoughts and feelings and have this wonderful relationship that we can trust each other.
1: Um... uh... Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. You mean, like, openness about our thoughts and our emotions and mushy stuff and things like that. Huh. Well, if that's what you mean, well, then me too. Absolutely. Whew.
2: the mysterious, mist-enshrouded, mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily.
1: Well, 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 here we are again, finally, better late than never,
0: episode 45
1: of the world-famous X and Y on the fly. That's right. My name is Scott McKay.
0: And I'm Emily McKay.
1: And you know what? We decided since we've been away for so long, we'd come back with a seriously edgy topic.
0: We did. This one is on open relationships.
1: Now, see, the thing is, you all kind of write to us sometimes and you love the show and all this and that, but you kind of would like to hear us disagree or argue on things a little bit more than we do.
0: Well, this is what better topic than this.
1: Well, I don't think we're going to disagree. (laughs) We never do. I was about to say to people, you know, they're probably expecting some big head-butting podcast to come from this. Sorry, y'all. I think we're still going to pretty much agree on this.
0: Yeah, well, let's see.
1: We'll see. I think there'll be some parts of it maybe we clash just a little bit. (laughs) But not a lot bit. But it'll be kind of cool. It'll be kind of cool. Well, guess what? We're not going to apologize anymore for the lack of shows. That's just the way it is, guys. We're going to do one of these things maybe once or twice a year. That's just the way it's seeming to pan out, isn't it?
0: I know. Children and life and being busy working and taking care of everything that the business needs as far as helping people get better at relationships.
1: And of course, going on vacation every three weeks. Oh, yes. For three weeks. Right. Every time we go on vacation. That sort of cuts into our podcasting time. But anyway, enough about us. You know, we told you guys we'd make shorter podcasts, maybe do a five- or eight-minute or a 12-minute podcast and do more of them. We both like to listen to ourselves talk way too much for that.
0: (laughs) We have too much to say.
1: So we have to block out like an hour and a half, two hours for each one of these shows just to make sure we get them done because we edit a lot of this stuff out.
0: Yeah, it's hard to keep the baby quiet long enough. Yeah. (laughs) That tape just doesn't seem to do it that long.
1: Plus, we just can't seem to keep our little paws off of each other. I know. I know. What do you know? Which brings us to the next point. Five years ago today. We met. This is being recorded February 11th of 2011, and we met five years ago today.
0: That's right. Can you imagine?
1: I can imagine.
0: Just flew.
1: Yeah, we started off with the kids pretty quickly, too, because he's already three and change. Oh, I know. Yeah, but Emily and I actually had our first date, our long-anticipated first date. We were pretty excited to meet each other. Oh, yes. We wouldn't tell each other this, but it was kind of implicit. We met at an IHOP, and I had exactly two and a half hours with which to have breakfast before I picked up my daughter that morning.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember. And we even went and had coffee afterwards.
1: I know. We bounced. I changed venue. (laughs) That was a very good sign. Yes. Absolutely. Now, we were getting along great. But just to let you guys know, you don't have to wine and dine and spend $500 on the first date or whatever to impress her. Basically... Us having breakfast and just getting to know each other and joking around was pretty much perfect.
0: Yes, it was great. It was fun.
1: And you even called me afterwards. I did. She called me right after the date to thank me for the date. Yes. That was a major rule you did break.
0: I did, but I kept it short.
1: You did keep it short, but I was actually glad you called me. And I was, of course, very engaged in the conversation, so I guess I broke that rule also.
0: Oh, yes. Well, you know, when you're meant to be together... You can break
1: the rules. You break all sorts of these rules. Anything you've been reading on, hey, don't do this, don't do that. For you gals who have read The Rules, that book out there, you guys have been listening to a bunch of PUA stuff. Let me tell you, when you find the right one and you just click, a lot of that stuff starts going out the window. Oh, yes. Big time. But anyway, five years today, here's to many more. And oh, by the way, those of you who wrote us like three, four years ago saying, huh, yeah, give it about another six months or a year and you guys will be at each other's throats. Let me tell you something. Not only do we still get along great, I'm still just as horny for you as the day I met you. Grrr. Meow. I like that. Well, anyway, on to the main topic before we make everybody well, vomit.
0: we've been together for so long, we should talk about open relationships. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: About being honest and open with each other, the way you <laughs> talked about it. I love that intro. And by the way, that came immediately to mind. Because so many people talk about open relationships, and if you're not really well-versed or maybe a little bit naive kind of been sheltered your whole life and you hear the term open relationships, I'm sure that's what most people think of.
0: So, let's define open relationships in terms of this podcast.
1: Well, how would you define it?
0: Well, I would define it as anything outside a monogamous relationship.
1: I think that's pretty fair because a lot of people kind of want to draw different types of distinctions and say, oh, well, this is open and this is only sort of open. We're going to keep it pretty much black and white. We're going to kill all the gray area. For any purpose having to do with this particular podcast today, I agree with you, Emily. Anything that's not monogamous is going to be classified as an open relationship. If for no other reason, then it'll give us more material to talk about.
0: (laughs) That's true. Because it encompasses so many different things. Because everybody, well, not everybody, but...
1: (laughs) Everybody but Scott and Emily, we're pretty monogamous. I don't know. I can take the pretty out of that. We're absolutely monogamous. Right. And we're happy about it, by the way. And this is much to the chagrin of some of those quote-unquote sex-positive podcasters and other folks out there. Sex-positive meaning they're positive that we should all be having sex with everybody we can think of, male, female, or otherwise. Shame on
0: us for wanting just to stick to each other.
1: I know, right? You know, all these folks who are like enlightened or whatever, they are sometimes the most…
0: Judgmental.
1: Judgmental, unenlightened when it comes to like not being quote-accepting of everybody else. Right. Man, man, we've actually reached out to some of the other podcasters or whatever who have a little bit different thought process. They don't want anything to do with us. We're like old school. We're like back in the dark ages keeping everybody down simply because Emily and I like to be together with each other and don't really need anybody else around.
0: No, when you got perfection, what can I say?
1: Well, I didn't say that. At least not about me. But you are perfect <laughs> for me. So we're a pretty good couple. I think a lot of people should just make better decisions. About who they're with. And, you know, make sure, obviously, if you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship and you'd like to be in an open relationship, make sure you find someone who thinks the way you do.
0: Absolutely, because that way both of you are getting exactly what you want out of the relationship.
1: No surprises. Nothing sprung on you later.
0: Right. No hard feelings from one person who is wanting a monogamous relationship and being disappointed that they can't get that. And the person who's wanting the open relationship being upset because they can't have that open relationship that they want.
1: Can you imagine being married to someone and having it come up later that this is what the other person really wanted? Very sad. That would be be destructive.
0: But I'm sure it happens more often than we think. I bet.
1: You know, I think more people are in open relationships than we know anyway.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm kind of surprised by that. Even when we go out... When we get hit on by other couples, it's, you know, it's come to my realization that there's a lot of people out there with open relationships. Yeah,
1: they're kind of living, quote unquote, the lifestyle.
0: Married couples.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, commonly known as swingers, people who introduce other sex partners into their relationship knowingly to each other. Yes. Not as cheaters, but as swingers. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember the first time you ever got hit on by a lady who was part of a swinger couple.
0: Yes, I remember that.
1: You had no idea what was going on. No. But I had seen it before. And typically the MO here is that if a woman, or if a couple, I should say, is interested in another couple, they have the women do the talking. Because I don't really think deep down most guys are really interested in getting it on with the other guy in the relationship. Right. Most swingers, I think, the women are sort of bisexual, so they kind of decide whether they like each other first. Then they drag their respective guys into it, mm-hmm. and it becomes either something that works or something that doesn't work. A lot of swingers apparently have like a little code word or a code look that they give each other to say, okay, we're going to go for it or not. Right. Kind of a wild little culture. Or,
0: or there's a certain phrase or something that they say just to bail out.
1: Right. And, you know, when a woman comes talking to you and she's starting to drop little flirtatious hints just to see if you'll take them in return.
0: Right. Wanting to read my hand and grab my hand. and Yeah,
1: she's holding your hand and touching you and seeing yeah. how touchy feel you are. Yeah, that's what's going on there. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It is. It is. But when it happens more than once and you start seeing the pattern, you can sort of spot it yeah right and sure enough once they find out that you're monogamous it's well you know it's been nice meeting you two you're so sweet we're gonna go hang out with our other friends or have a drink now or go to another bar or something right yeah it's usually no big deal but um yeah it's just interesting when you recognize what's going on uh how amazing it is and how you go if i didn't know any better i think we would just been hit on by swingers Oh, I know. Right. And the reason why I knew it was happening is because I'd seen it before even in my dating life, and some swinger couples are very forward about it, more so than others. And the ones we've seen so far, thankfully, have been very subtle.
0: Very, very subtle.
1: I think a lot of it has to do with how publicly affectionate you are together.
0: Well, we're very affectionate, so that would make sense.
1: Yeah, they see you being publicly affectionate. It might be perceived as a signal that, hey, you might be inviting others to join. Because you're not so private about that.
0: Right. And that you're so sensual or that you love sex so much or the affection so much and you're touching each other that it's hot and horny.
1: Well, it makes them hot and horny for you. Right. It turns them on towards us. Right. Yeah. Go figure. You know, I think if a couple decides to be a swinger couple, it sounds really good on paper, maybe. If the sex part sounds really good on paper, it sounds good on paper. Then you got to start thinking about the social ramifications of it. Right. Like, you know, what if I make someone else pregnant or what if I catch a disease? And, you know, that's something that people in that lifestyle, I don't think, like to talk about much. But
0: it exists. It's real world.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden, you don't have this closed microcosm where, you know, it's us and we're the gift that keeps on giving to each other and nobody else can kind of uh, permeate that that little bubble. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's something you have to think about. also, I'm not so sure. Matter of fact, I'm absolutely positive of the opposite. I don't think the lifestyle quote-unquote, is socially accepted, at least in this country.
0: No, it's definitely not.
1: You kind of have to hide it from your employers. You have to kind of hide it from people who your aren't Your friends, in that. your
0: family. Yeah, your and, friends and, and family. not yet. only that, when couples do go out, they don't just outright tell you, hey, we're swingers, are you? I mean, they do drop those very subtle hints to test to see if you're, you know, of the same right. thought process.
1: Right. It's kind of like you live underground with it. Right. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's something you have to think about. And obviously, these are things that people weigh when they decide to get into it or not. And again, we're just basically throwing it out on the table. We're not necessarily saying, you know, if you're into this lifestyle and you're listening to this, you should stop. I think we're just being very pragmatic about it.
0: Right. Something to think about.
1: You know, something else I want to say in terms of defining what it means to be in an open relationship or not, I think we're talking about a committed relationship that has an open door to other sex partners being involved.
0: Yes. It isn't just someone you're dating and then you're having going out with other people. This is either married or you've been together for a long time and decided that you two are going to stay together.
1: Yeah. It's an agreement between two people who are committed to that agreement. Right. It isn't, I'm just dating multiple people right now to see how it goes. That's not multiple open relationships. No, that's
0: just dating a bunch of people or meeting a bunch of people.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Huge difference.
1: Yeah, there is a huge difference. I think there's a commitment that goes along with that introduction of other sexual partners, by like yes. choice. Right. Yeah. In other words, if it's going on also, unbeknownst to one of the partners, that's just flat-out cheating. Correct. It would be extremely euphemistic to call that a quote-unquote open relationship, because that would be open only to one person, unbeknownst to the other. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, that leads me to another thought. Some relationships, for example, a woman will allow her husband or boyfriend to have you know, relationships with other women. Mm -hmm. And then she just simply has him as far as her partner.
1: Right. That's kind of the don't ask, don't tell policy. Correct. In other words, she's so desperate to have a husband. Maybe he's got a lot of money. Maybe she's sort of a gold digger. Whatever the case is, she's willing to put up with him kind of sleeping around on her. And it's kind of implicit that it's happening, but she just doesn't want to know about it.
0: Right. And in some cultures, that's the norm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, some cultures, it seems like that's the norm. I don't think that's what people want to be the norm. I don't think that's the established preferred norm, but I think it goes on more in other cultures than in others.
0: Right, and if a woman's been raised this way, then she thinks, well, I guess this is what I have to put up with. I'll just have to let my husband go out there and bang as many chicks as he wants. I just don't want to know about it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of famous people, like a lot of guys who have just... Crazy social proof. Like they're really handsome, like lead actors in Hollywood, or maybe the lead guitarist for some rock band or something. Right. They fall in love with someone. The woman really likes him, is crazy about him, but she's just like already thrown in the towel saying, There's no way this guy's gonna be faithful to me. It ain't happening. Not with his lifestyle. Not with his traveling.
0: Exactly. His lifestyle. And it is very realistic to think that way.
1: It is realistic. It's not a fairy tale marriage. And, you know, I think I could challenge her choice in guys, maybe a guy like that should never get married, and enter into anything that's called a quote-unquote committed relationship.
0: Correct. But in either case, if they do become committed to each other, just having the realistic idea that because of his situation, she's come to accept that those things will happen.
1: But the caveat always seems to be, just don't let it get out and don't publicly humiliate me.
0: Oh, yes. Um, We can think of some stars that that has happened to, and they got divorced not because he was cheating, but because it became publicly known.
1: Uh, Well, you know, we have our star point guard for our local basketball team, the San Antonio Spurs. Right. Tony Parker who was very, very famously getting divorced from his wife, Eva Longoria, because he was caught basically with another woman. And it was humiliating. And not only was it another woman, it was another wife of a former teammate. So it was really, really pretty involved love triangle there. And it was just publicly humiliating, and Eva sort of had no choice.
0: That's right. It's embarrassing, uh, especially when your family and your friends find out about it. I mean, what are you going to say? I knew about it, and I just didn't want you all to know about it. I, now I look like a fool.
1: Yeah, I know. I can completely understand how people who are in the public eye, and you know, in a very real way, you and I are. Yes. You know, But I can see how people who are in the public eye like that, if they know that there's going to be some funny stuff there that just wouldn't look good, they may have agreed on it, but that whole idea of just don't let it get out adds complexity to whatever their relationship is. Right. And once it
0: gets out, it kind of breaks the agreement and therefore things can happen.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, something interesting about Eva and Tony kind of on the side here, (laughs) no pun intended, was that there was kind of a story that got out that Tony had this knack for going to strip clubs and getting up in the VIP room and kind of hanging with strippers. And, Eva was particularly upset with the fact that Tony went after strippers who looked like her.
0: Oh, yes. It kind of begs the thought, if you're going to be banging somebody who looks like your significant other,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: why not just be with your significant other?
1: Yeah, I think that's why she was really, really peeved by that. But see, I kind of take a different view. If you're going to go be with strippers who look completely different than her, then I would wonder if she would think, my gosh, well, Am I really even what he wants? Am I really his type? The fact that he would go to a strip club and find women who look like Eva, I don't know, for variety or for whatever reason, he's actually picking women who look like his wife, it says to me at least he knows what he wants. He knows what type he has
0: Right. Well, Am I can I? understand that. but The problem with that is, for example, I mean, if you're going to be going out there and finding women who look like me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the thought process is, well— If you want a woman who looks like me, then what's wrong with me?
1: Yes. It kind of gets at your self-esteem from the core past what you look like on the outside.
0: Exactly. What am I missing that all these other girls who look
1: like me have? Well, wait a minute, though. Maybe Tony respects Eva, right? Maybe he likes what's inside with Eva. And so that causes him to have a different core fantasy, as it were, about her than he would about, you know, this chick who just takes her clothes off and ravishes him and I'm not saying this is right okay (laughs) but he's going after women like that in the strip clubs because he doesn't have the rest of it it's just uh, I don't have to be complicated by all that other personal stuff right now she's just my type she's not forever there's no uh, emotional ties here right as a guy I'm thinking that's probably what goes through his mind if he's doing that sort of thing
0: well from a woman's perspective we're thinking well why not want variety
1: (laughs) I mean, <laughs> so that would that's be how better.
0: big, you know? I mean, we figured that men want variety, you know. Tonight we want a blonde and tomorrow we're going to want a redhead and you know, the next day after that it'll be a tall woman and then, you know, whatever else. I mean, variety.
1: Well, see, that makes sense too though. After I got divorced, the very first girlfriend I got afterwards, and of course, you know my ex-wife. And for those of you guys who are listening, it's amazing how my current wife and my previous wife are both petite Hispanicish Uh, brunettes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, I have a type, which is why this is a particularly interesting conversation, I'm sure. But the first girlfriend I had after I got divorced, and we're talking like a week and a half later, okay, was nothing like that. She was a little curvier. She was blonde with a Texan accent, you know. Right. A lot different. So, after having an experience like a divorce, I was ready for someone who was different, even if temporarily. So, maybe this sort of idea can come and go but you know hey if you're in an open relationship i think it would be very very interesting to see what kind of other partners get introduced into that relationship whether they have a type as a couple and how they would figure that out or whether they'd go after someone completely different than what the wife looks like if they're inviting a woman over etc etc
0: yeah that makes sense you see what i mean i do
1: i don't know it'd be an interesting question maybe we should just interview someone who does this stuff And get them to talk to us.
0: (laughs) If they will talk to
1: us. If they will talk to us. That's the problem. That's probably why we don't have a guest here anyway. They don't want anything to do with us. Maybe this show will change them. Right. Not that we
0: care. We're open-minded.
1: We're (laughs) open-minded. We don't have an open relationship, but we're open-minded. Does that make sense? You know, there's another basketball player that I can't help have come to mind, because everybody's an NBA fan knows about this guy and the nature of his relationship to his wife. He's a guy who plays for the Utah Jazz named Andre Kirilenko, and I've talked to you about him. Remember, I've oh, shown yeah. him to you before. He's that Russian-looking guy he, with yeah, a bad haircut.
0: Right. Oh, my goodness. And his wife and him have this special relationship yes. in the sense that he's allowed to go out and pick one woman uh-huh. per year. Per
1: year. Every 365 days. It's like cut and dried. It's scientific.
0: Right. Yeah. Where he can have one woman.
1: Yeah. He gets to bang one woman a year who's not his wife.
0: It's just not fair because, I mean, if I'm going to allow my husband to go and bang one woman per year, I'm going to want to bang one guy per year.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't know if we got that arrangement going on between them either. But I just think it's so ridiculous to have to put it in such a cut-and-dried way just to kind of put the reins on your relationship and keep some semblance of, quote-unquote, control.
0: Well, she's probably thinking, well, if he's going to go and cheat on me anyway, you know, at least let's try to keep it under control and keep it down to one person a year rather than, you know, goodness, someone knows how many. Because even if you put a rubber on, you're not completely protected from all diseases. Of course not. So, I mean, this is a way for her to protect herself.
1: And what about the woman he goes and bangs? She knows she doesn't have a chance. True. But what if all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, I'm starting to get feelings for this one girl a year. I mean, it could still throw a wrench in the whole works. Right. So, I mean, at the very, very baseline... It's just so darn left brain of a way to look at this whole thing. It's like, we don't have an open relationship, but this is like a concession I'm going to make to the guy just so he doesn't leave me, cheat on me or leave me. But at least it's not cheating if it's just once a year and maybe once every 12 months will be enough for the guy. But how do you know that? You don't. I mean, do we plan for these things? I think it's a way
0: of justifying or trying to talk your way into a
1: situation. I mean, what does the guy do? Look at the calendar and go, all right, well, you know what? It's been about nine months. About three months from now, man, I can go cut it up with some other chick.
0: (laughs) Here's a good one. If you know you can only be with one woman a year, you're going to kind of select, hmm, let's see. If it's just going to be one woman I better make good use of that one opportunity a year. Yeah, no so. kidding. Is he
1: premeditating who it's going to be? Right. Whatever. <laughs> if you already right. know who it's going to be, you might as well.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, you want to make good use of it, right? You don't want to throw it away and go, oh, darn, I picked the wrong woman. Now oh, yeah, st- it just can't now be Now random. i got 12 more months to wait.
1: Think about it. If it was random, there'd be no way you could actually stick to it. He's got to premeditate it. He's got to put her on the calendar. Right. It's like just calling this chick up going, you're the lucky winner, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, hey, you know, uh, the due date or the date for making this happen isn't going to come up for another you know, right. two weeks. Right, it's going to be
1: Monday, August 4th. Can you imagine if it's during the NBA season?
0: Mm-hmm. Goodness, that would make a... Got to kind
1: of line it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, there was this one woman I saw. She was my waitress when I was in Portland for that Trailblazers game. That's the one. And then what happens? You know, she probably gets a boyfriend or whatever in the meantime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous <laughs> arrangement. Oh, well. Honestly, I'm going to throw it on the table. I don't see how it works. I bet it doesn't work.
0: Well, I can't. I mean, let's throw it out on the table. Again. Right.
1: There's a lot of things being thrown on this table. It's going to get kind of heavy. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Trust. The biggest question is, is there a trust factor? Is there a trust in the relationship when you have an open relationship?
1: Well, I guess they have to trust that he's only going to bang one extra chick a year.
0: Yes. And, you know, for couples who are swingers, they have to trust... That they're going to stick together and that having other partners isn't going to influence or affect their relationship.
1: I think there's still too much gray area. Yeah. In other words, okay, I'm only going to bang one chick this year other than you, but I'm going to bang her 48 times. Is that allowed? Or is it mm-hmm. just one chick one time? Right. Who knows?
0: Well, if couples are having this particular arrangement in the hopes or expectations of keeping that partner... Mm-hmm. No, they're going to go and bang other people anyway, so I might as well make this arrangement. So, truly, if you're having to make that type of arrangement just to keep that partner, then obviously the trust factor is not there. Because if you did not have the arrangement, then your feelings would be that that partner is going to go off and cheat on you.
1: I agree with that. So, it's almost like you have to put the brakes on just wanton cheating by putting something there rather than nothing. It's like a sexual speed bump. Right. You know, I know you're probably going to cheat on me unless I do this, so I'm going to do something to just slow this down. Right. Keep it under some semblance of monogamous control. How sad. Yes. Anyway.
0: I mean, if that's not truly what you want, and that's not truly how you feel about it, then you need to find someone who truly wants to be in a monogamous relationship and stick together and trust each other. But if this is how you really want to live your life, mm-hmm. then that's fine.
1: Well, that's fine. But I would say pick a road and walk down it. Exactly. Now, the irony of all this is this is a running joke amongst all NBA commentators, and it's always to the effect of, man, where do I find a woman like that? How do I get my wife to let me bang one woman a year? But I bet they've never thought about it in depth like we have.
0: Exactly. I mean, that maybe maybe that NBA player's wife doesn't trust him, and therefore that's why they have that arrangement.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, we talked about Tony Parker going to strip clubs, okay? A lot of guys, I think, go to strip clubs because they're in monogamous relationships and they don't want to be in that monogamous relationship. Or there's other guys who, you know, don't have any relationship at all and they're just lonely and horny. But if a guy goes to a strip club, so he quote unquote won't cheat on his wife, just so he kind of gets his rocks off that way, is that still cheating?
0: I feel it is. I mean, I don't want my husband going out and doing that because I want him to fantasize about me. Well, wait a second.
1: If you know he does it and you're okay with him doing it, does that make it an open relationship?
0: Yes, it does.
1: In a way, I agree Because he's
0: busy looking at another woman that's not clothed.
1: Right. Now, what if couples go together? What if there's a woman who likes going to strip clubs, and some women do? Right. And the couple goes together. Does that make that an open relationship?
0: That would be an open relationship.
1: Interesting. I think I kind of agree with you. Now, it is what it is. We're not going to sit there and say it's right or wrong, but I think you're introducing other sexual components in, who are a human to right. your relationship other than just the two of you.
0: Exactly. That's a great way to describe it.
1: Right. Now, that brings up another question. A lot of times when there's an open relationship, it's shocking to me how the guy isn't interested in there being other guys brought into this picture.
0: Right. A lot of times it's just a threesome.
1: Right. And the woman would be bisexual, the man is heterosexual. Correct. And she is the one bringing women into, into the, the relationship. relationship who she picks right, with his approval. Right. That happens a lot. And what I've heard is the reason why that arrangement happens is because there's this assertion that Hey, all women are naturally bicurious. Women are much more touchy-feely. They're much more likely to hop in the bathtub together when they're teenagers. They're not so uptight about hugging and loving and even kissing each other. And in other countries... More
0: affectionate.
1: They're more affectionate towards each other. Girls walk hand-in-hand hand down the road in most countries besides those in North America. So women, hey, women are just naturally sexual with each other, where guys just... Well, let's face it. If we're heterosexual, we don't want to see another guy's crank at
0: all. <laughs> I mean, know, that's true.
1: Nudity in a movie, like a mainstream movie, not a porn movie, but like a regular movie, is 90% of the time, if not more, female nudity. Yes. Because we just don't want to see another guy's crank. Right. Okay? We do not look at each other in the shower. We just don't do that. Okay? Well, that makes perfect sense.
0: And they, you know, statistically, the statistics show that women, about 50% of them, have thoughts of being bicurious,
1: but not all of them.
0: No, no, not all of them. And not you. Not me.
1: No. So, yeah, I've met lots of women who actually, I think, had a bi-curious side, and I've met at least as many women who absolutely don't. It repulses them the same way it repulses most guys to think about homosexuality. Right.
0: But it's safe to say, I'd say it's probably 50-50.
1: Well, another thing, too, is even if you do have that relationship, and I mean, a lot of guys are thinking that is just a bonanza. It's still not something that's going to be sexually or socially acceptable to most of the people you really know. So you still have to be kind of underground with it. Right. And also, I'm just not sure how that doesn't create sexual politics. Because, you know, let's say I'm a guy, I'm in that relationship, and I'm pretty used to this sexual partner. She may be my best friend, yada, yada, yada. But man, when you bring another girl home and she's new blood maybe.
0: newness is always exciting.
1: Right. How do I not give her more attention? It seems like something I'd have to try hard to keep from doing.
0: Right. And how can she not feel, you know, what if he ends up liking her more?
1: Yeah. Well, there's got to be a skill set there. Obviously, you're going to have to let the women do their thing together and kind of let that play out and almost see yourself as the third wheel if you're the guy.
0: I guess that's why it plays out that way.
1: Well, yeah. If you're smart and you're a guy, that's how it will play out.
0: Right. That's Otherwise the way I can think of it. Right.
1: My gosh, the worst thing you can do is her bring home this chick and you just ravish her and let your, you know, your old lady sit there naked and watch or something.
0: Or well, you'd hope that she has good taste and bring in bring in some good looking chicks, right?
1: Right. Well what if she doesn't? What if you don't like her? I guess, <laughs> you know, there's gotta be veto power.
0: Yeah, there has to be veto power.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Anyway, what about some of the dynamics? We've talked about these types of open relationships. Let's talk about the dynamics of open relationships. Okay. A lot of times you hear these swingers talk, and it's fascinating to hear them talk. And they say, you know, actually, our relationship is stronger because we're swingers, because you know we trust each other. The whole idea of sexual cheating is taken off the table because we go out and explore sexuality with third parties naturally and on purpose and absolutely fully in front of each other. We do it together. So their assertion would be that where is trust usually violated in a relationship? in a monogamous relationship, as it were, that would be in the sex department,
0: right? People
1: you, go and they don't want monogamy. So they do something else. So what do you think of that? Do you think it's possible that swingers really do trust each other more than we do?
0: Well, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. If the purpose of making the arrangement is because you believe human beings can't be trusted, human beings will go out and cheat So to kind of avoid that hurt, you decide, well, then I'm going to embrace the idea of letting him have who he wants, and I get to have who I want, and we'll just stick together.
1: It's like a preemptive strike. Exactly. You think people are ever honest about it? You think it's honestly what they both want? Really?
0: It depends on the couple. I think some couples truly do like having the variety and having other people in the relationship.
1: I would agree with that.
0: And, you know, that's for them. But for other couples, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them out there that they make this agreement only because they think that monogamy is impossible.
1: I also think that a lot of guys think this sounds really, really good this whole ultimate sexual variety thing. But then they find a woman they really love and they really don't like the thought of another guy having her. And if you're gonna be in an open, open relationship, that's what you gotta deal with. You know, you gotta watch these guys have her even while you're having these other guys' women. And you're going to have to change your mindset or have just this incredible mindset where you really just see sex as sex and nothing more. And I think that can kind of eat at your soul a little bit. But
0: if you see sex as just sex, you're missing a whole other component of how sex can be wonderfully intimate between two people.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that eats at your soul a little bit. Right. You're missing out on something, even though you're thinking that you're probably gaining on something by having all these relationships with right. these different women hey, more power to these guys who want it that way. I can fully understand why that would be. But I don't think guys weigh the consequences. I don't think they count the costs before they enter into this situation where they're saying, yeah, okay, we're going to be swingers. Now, apparently there's soft swapping versus full swapping also.
0: Right. Where soft swapping is they get to play with each other, play with you know, other people. They do everything short of penetration.
1: Now, see, in my mind, if you're going to go ahead and put that one last constraint on it, there's got to be something in your psyche and in the psyche of your lover, your partner, right? Your community Right, partner, right. Where you really, really don't fully see sex as negotiable currency, just social currency like that. You do see it as special. Right. So you're holding that in reserve because it I sort mean, of betrays your feeling that, that could be true. Yeah. Now, I'd be open to hearing from a soft swap couple why they vehemently disagree with what we just said. But to me, that's just what it looks like on the outside. It looks like you're sort of wishing you believed that sex wasn't all that important. It was just for fun, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't quite
0: Believe believe it yet. Yeah, you would like to reserve each other strictly for each other. But, you know, we're just going to go ahead and kind of stretch the boundaries to its limits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would think a valid answer to that question from a soft swap couple would be, hey, look, we want to take the pregnancy thing off the table. That would be valid That would make
0: me. sense.
1: But I've never heard anybody use that as the reason why they do it. It's almost always like we want to keep something in reserve.
0: Hmm. I'd be interested to hear.
1: Yes, I would too. Do you think people who are in open relationships are happier or less happy? I mean, I think they'd like us to think they are. But I don't know. I think being happy, like, you know, in other words, enjoying life and not being frustrated, not being angry, not being sad, whatever, has to do with a lot of other things besides sex. I mean, relationships are not just about sex, right?
0: No. Well, sex is only a small component of the relationship. Right. I mean, that's just a bonus or something great to be enjoyed extra to the relationship. Because daily life, you think in a 24-hour time frame, you're working, you're cleaning, you're cooking, you're tending to the children, you're tending to each other. You only get a small window of actually having sex together. So, yeah, the components of everything else that goes on in your life will contribute to your happiness or towards your misery.
1: Yeah, it's not just sex.
0: No, absolutely not. It's like
1: I was telling somebody who just gotten engaged recently, you can't have sex for your entire honeymoon. I mean, sometime in the middle of day two, you're going to want to go out and go snorkeling or something. Or at the very least, eat. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or get some sleep finally, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the core of whether you're happy as a couple or not, you know, it's, do I get along with you? Are Do we, we argue? Headed, right. Are we headed down the same track? Do we both behave towards each other in a reasonable manner, et cetera, et cetera? Right. Everything we've talked about on previous podcasts. I don't know. I'm wondering if people who are in an open relationship actually cheat less or cheat more. I would think they have to cheat less because the sex thing is off the table.
0: Well, I mean, if you're allowed to have whom you want and not keep it secret, then you're not keeping it secret.
1: But, I mean, what if, say... There's someone who kind of is taboo, like your best friend.
0: Right. I was and she's not, ready. not a
1: swinger. Yeah, I was There's just someone not ready to
0: say that. The
1: quote-unquote lifestyle that you want. I mean, how would you... Or
0: or better yet, yeah, let's say, for example, we were a swinging couple. Right. And I say, you can have who you want, but these particular girls that are my girlfriends are off-limit.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is there a sex addiction thing there? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just a different... Lifestyle. View towards sexuality. I don't think just because people are in an open relationship means they're going to be like just addicted to sex and going around banging anything that walks. I think that would be an insult to those people who are in that lifestyle. They wouldn't agree with that statement.
0: Well, here's something interesting. A person who's going to cheat is going to cheat whether they're in a monogamous relationship or whether they're in an open relationship.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean,
0: it's a character that's within a person. And not everybody has that bad characteristic.
1: And yeah, if the swinging or, you know, the I'll let you bang one girl a year type of mentality is there as that speed bump or that, that stop gap, if you will. Well, it's just a speed bump. Right. Exactly. If it's just there to hopefully curtail it a little bit or to keep it from happening, if it's that preemptive strike, then I think, yeah, you're going to be dealing with a cheater. If they're a cheater, they're a cheater. If I'm a cheater, I'm a cheater. If you're a cheater, you're a cheater. If you're not, you're not. And hey, you know what? I'll give the nod to swingers in the sense that if they are actually going out and finding other people to have sex with, that's going to take the whole curiosity thing off the table. But there's still going to be someone possibly who you just want to have. And if you've already got this relationship going where, hey, you know, we can have sex with other people, maybe that would help that person sort of justify that. In other words, hey, if I have sex with this other person, and I sort of don't tell my spouse about it, it's not like she's going to divorce me. After all, we're swingers. Right. Sex is kind of off the table here. Right. You know, it seems like it's going to be a little bit... It's easier to justify Right, things. right, right. Because it isn't so cut and dried, like we're monogamous or we're not.
0: It's not as extreme, or at least it doesn't feel to be as extreme.
1: Right. Do you think swingers have hotter sexual relationships between themselves? No. Why not?
0: I think it would be the same as a couple who are monogamous. The same? Well, think about it, a couple who's monogamous doesn't mean that they are having boring, dull sex. Agreed. So why would we say that open relationships are having hot, just orgasmic sex?
1: And we wouldn't be?
0: Exactly. So who's to say that a monogamous couple can't have the same fire, hot, just awesome sex?
1: After five years of drilling each other like small mammals and still coming back for more?
0: You still make me scream.
1: Hmm. I think it's time to wrap this up and go practice what we <laughs> preach well you know just, what do you think
0: right i think so too but to get back to my point briefly
1: <laughs> briefly
0: just because you're having an open-ended relationship or having sex with other partners
1: open-ended relationship
0: open relationship.
1: Wait, wait what's an open-ended <laughs> relationship i want to know where did that come from
0: i don't know <laughs> just because they're having sex with multiple partners well
1: i think we have an open-ended relationship I mean, who knows how long this is going to last, right? <laughs> hopefully it lasts forever and hopefully we live to be 5,000 years old. <laughs> Open-ended relationship? Yes, open relationship, not so much. Okay, okay. Right.
0: So anyway, so I mean they can end up with someone who isn't so quite, you know, bringing fire to the uh, to the sex. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just because they're having open relationships with other people doesn't mean they're having great sex.
1: It really Or doesn't. bad
0: sex. It really doesn't have anything to do with that.
1: Well, I mean, the first time you have sex with someone else that may not be the best anyway yes that is true you know what i think if you were going to be a swinging couple you'd want to find other couples to kind of have on the side and keep having those couples yeah that would make more sense to me than just going after the one night stand with some other couple at some club or something
0: well i think there's couple clubs
1: oh absolutely
0: that's probably why
1: well yeah for both of those reasons for the one night stand with another couple or to build a relationship with another swinging couple. Because, I mean, I would think if you found another swinger couple and y'all liked each other, that would be something you'd want to put in your address book.
0: Yeah, but wouldn't back. make y'all for a committed couples?
1: Well, I don't think you need to commit to them. I think it can be casual between the other couples as long as you're committed to each other. I don't know. I guess you could structure it any way you really wanted. Right. You could all start a commune if you wanted. I try to explain that to the in-laws.
0: Hmm. That would be difficult.
1: It's also getting more and more difficult to look at your cute little everything and not go... uh, Especially
0: talking about sex. Right,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm. Given what we're talking about, I think it's time we wrap this up and go uh, Go celebrate our first five years together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it's time to wrap up, folks. Um hope you've enjoyed this conversation. It's probably a little different than anything you've ever heard from another podcast. Uh we just try to again throw it all on the table like a big smorgasbord and let the fur fly. Been an interesting conversation. Oh yes. If you're not on our newsletter list, I promise you we don't always talk about this sort of thing. We talk about some other stuff. Dating, relationships. Actually, Emily, if women are listening to this podcast and I know they're out there, I know you're out there ladies. Where do they want to go to get on your newsletter?
0: Well, they want to go to www.clickwithhim.com.
1: And get on Emily's newsletter. And uh, she writes a lot to women who are in relationships and are trying to sort that out. Should I stay in this relationship? Should I kick him to the curb, get another one?
0: How can I get him to commit? And all kinds of issues that go with it.
1: Right. Also women maybe who have been really wrapped up in their career and are now just deciding, hey, maybe I better go date. Um, People who are just divorced. And getting back out there dating again online dating questions we get a lot of course because we met on match.com right and guys if you want to get on my newsletter what you want to do is you want to go to www.themansapproach.com all one word i'll give you a free report there that you'll see all about when you get there and here's a little secret when you get on this newsletter for free of course You're actually going to get four free special reports, okay? So go to themansapproach.com, fill in your email address, and you'll get my free newsletter. Also, you want to check out The Man's Approach itself, which is a new program, relatively new program, about six months old now, on how to get over your approach anxiety, walk up to women, meet them, get the ball rolling, start the conversation, create attraction, and make plans to see them again. That's all at themansapproach.com. And Emily Women should also check out your Click With Him program, shouldn't they?
0: Oh, absolutely, because it teaches women how to get online, do it successfully, find the men they want to meet, or find the one love of their life. You can do that. And so that's what that program's designed to do, is to set out a roadmap for you.
1: Someone to soft swap with. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
0: You know, yeah. enough talking and let's go have some fun.
1: Absolutely. All right. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Until we see you again sometime in the far-flung freaking future on episode number 46, be good out there.
0: And have fun.
2: You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisper, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.